0: Hey, guys, welcome back to Tackles and Turnovers. I'm Steven. I'm joined with Andrew, my co-host. Uh, What's we just going the AFC West for you guys, and now we're going to take a look at the division that Andrew and I are thoroughly uninspired by, as are many NFL fans. I mean, half these teams probably don't even have fans left, especially if you live in Jacksonville, uh, the Jaguars. <laughs> so we're going to start with the AFC South t- and uh, start with the Jaguars here. They're, this is a team that, you know, Andrew and I were just talking offline it didn't seem that long ago that they seemed to be finally heading in the right direction. Uh, 2017 season, that defense was incredible. They had a great ground game. I mean, Blake Bortles led this team nearly to an upset over Tom Brady and the Patriots uh, in the AFC championship. Just a couple years later, let's take a look at the defense. Now, Calais Campbell gone, Jalen Ramsey gone, AJ Boye gone. I mean, this defense, uh, you know, Yannick Ngakwe is, is, going to get traded, doesn't want to to be gone, <laughs> trying to be gone, literally calling <laughs> yeah. out the GM son you know, everyone He's Twitter, calling everywhere. Talking mad shit to the GM son, the guy that pays his paychecks. You know, it was amazing. Um, Dude. Huge culture problem. I mean, it looks like Leonard Fournette's is going to be gone after this year, if not sooner. Um, I mean, the, the best thing that you could look forward to as a Jaguars fan, which is sad if you are one is that you have, uh, probably the quarterback with the best mustache of all time and Gardner Minshew. But, um, if that's what you want to hang your hat on, then you obviously know that you probably need to find a new team to root for. Um, in case you guys can't tell, I am not a fan of the Jaguars. Um, I actually think Minshew is pretty, uh, you know, he's got some upside. I kind of like the guy a little bit, he's right, a little bit right. of like a Tony Romo, Tony Romo ish kind of vibe. Um. But this is a team that signed Mike Lennon that is literally paying money to Mike Lennon to, like, back up Gardner Minshew. That was already a bad a bad move right there. Um, the running game is a mess. Leonard Fournette has never lived up to that, you know, draft slot, which, I mean, I don't want to go into this huge spiel. But the fact that these guys <laughs> basically drafted Blake Bortles and, you know, basically already realizing that Blake Bortles is a bust when they could have drafted Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes. They took a running back with the fourth overall pick that year. Deshaun Watson is an MVP type of a guy. We all know he's about to get paid, and Patrick Mahomes, we obviously know, is the best player in football who just got the greatest, the largest contract in sports history. So that's the issue there. Uh, the, def- the defense has been ravaged, you know, over the years. Like we said, players leaving. I mean, I like the guy they got in the first round, uh, Kalevon Chasen, the the pass rusher. Uh, C.J. Henderson, they also got in the first round who's a really good corner. So, you know, they're kind of building there with Josh Allen, but it's almost like they sort of had to like, they took three steps back to take one step forward. So it's like they got rid of like a ton of guys that are already established and now they're kind of restarting yet again. And it just doesn't feel like this team has any direction. Like where is their offense going? They don't, they were supposed to be a team built on defense in a ground game. Well, the ground game is not good. The offensive line is shaky at best. Um, you know, I love D.J. Tark. He's a beast. Uh, but other than that, I mean, this team just does not impress me overall. I don't like the direction. I don't understand how Doug Marone is still there. If you think that Jay Gruden, who just, you know, disappointed for five for four or five years in Washington, D.C., if that's the guy that's going to suddenly save your offense, um, I think that you're going to be vastly disappointed. So, for me, like, you know, I think their draft was pretty solid, um, and they've added young talent. But it's just the fact that this is a team that seemed to be on the cusp just two or three years ago. And now they've hit the reset button and it just feels like they're really
1: kind of directionless at this point. Yeah. Um, that's the thing. That's the confusing thing too, man, is, you know, I know you were just looking over this roster and you were thinking the same thing I was. Oh my God. CJ Henderson. That was a good pick. Clay Chaseon, Chase on. That was a good pick. Josh Allen. that's Right. Thing. Like these are all great. Good, well, not great, but like good players with the potential to be great. And you're right. Like, they lost all these defensive players, and obviously they just refueled with some rookies. But, like, you want to like this team, but you can't because they're the Jacksonville Jaguars under Doug Marone who can't manage, like, like a good team. You know, obviously, Jalen Ramsey, there's no, there's no secret there. Jalen Ramsey did not like Doug Marone right um Calais Campbell one of the most liked players respected for sure yeah gone and you know with without a word and you know when you see a, a good player leave without saying anything you know it's because they live by the if you have nothing nice don't say anything at all boom we already know exactly what's up with Doug Marone um but you know going down the list too like LaVisca Chenault um has really high potential. And yes. I, I don't, I like that he was picked in the second round and not in the first round, which a lot of people hadn't projected there. So that's, that's a, that's a positive sign there. Um, cam Robinson. I don't even like, I thought he was in jail or something because he <laughs> drove a van or something with drugs or something. I don't know what happened there. Um, Brandon Linder. I like Brandon Linder and it's not just cause I'm a UF fan. Yeah. He's um, a very
0: solid center. Definitely. Yeah. You know, top 10, maybe at his
1: position. Right, and then here's your guy, Jawan Taylor at right tackle. Yeah, So, you know, like, they have good players. Can they figure it out? Like, can this coaching staff do what they're supposed to do and let these, like, I would be ecstatic if I had some of these players on my team. They're really good players. Yeah, I mean, you look at it
0: this way. It's like, look at their offense of just their, I mean, look at their roster on paper. From a talent perspective, this team is far from the worst team in the NFL. I mean, I could right. – there are a ton of other teams. Like, I would put for sure the Jets, you know, just sticking oh. in our – <laughs> you know, For sure the Jets have way less talent as a team than this than, than this squad, you know. Yeah. Um, you could make the argument that even um,
1: – the, the Raiders are the, the worst. The team we, just we just covered in there.
0: Exactly, the Raiders. Yep. I mean, you look at some of the other teams in this own division. Yeah, I would honestly say that the Jaguars probably have more blue chip players or potential blue chip players than the Tennessee Titans do. I mean, you look at the Titans. I'm like, this is a team of just solid dudes. But like the Jaguars have some high upside guys. You know, like we said, DJ Chark was a breakout star last year. The offensive line, none of them are are busts or issues like Andrew Norwell. Their left guard was. Had the, got the biggest contract of a guard ever in free agency, you know. Brandon, yeah, uh, Brandon Linder is another very highly paid guy. Um, like you said, Juwan Taylor and Cam Robinson, two second round picks within the last couple of years. I mean, it's not a team that lacks talent. They signed Tyler Eifert, who you know, the guy was awesome like six years ago, but like you know, on paper, you know, maybe he has some upside, they you know, but it's yeah. just the coaching staff. And like, this is something that really bothers me about the Jaguars, dude. You got to consider like how bad this team has been for so long and. And to me, the biggest issue is their general manager, right? So right. I'm looking at their draft history. Since 2008, they have picked in the top 10 every single season <laughs> except for 2018, which was the year after, like I mentioned earlier, that they, they went on this great run and they were a dominant team on defense, right? Literally since 2008, every single year they're picking in the top 10. That is a problem. Though to yeah. make it even worse, I'm just going to go over quickly. Just from Dave Caldwell, their GM, just looking at his draft picks alone. And he started in 2013. So we're going to look at the last, you know, seven draft classes. Luke Jokel, huge bust, not on the team. All right. That was their first pick. All right. Um, Next year, Blake Bortles. We all obviously know he was a huge bust. Alan Robinson, who they scored in the third round, no longer on the team.
1: Great player.
0: Telvin Smith, great linebacker. uh, Gone. Gone, (laughs) who has had – some serious legal troubles coming up with uh, right. eliciting sex from underage girls.
1: Oh uh, my Dante God.
0: Fowler. Dante Fowler did not work out there from like a fit standpoint. Didn't live up to it. Gone. TJ Yeldon, gone. Um, next year, Jalen Ramsey, gone. Uh, who was, you know, Yannick Ngakwe in the third round that year. Pretty much has told the team, go fuck yourself. I'm not going to play here ever again. Miles right. Jack, they did land. Leonard Fournette is going to be gone. La- uh, 2018, Taven Bryan has done absolutely nothing. Um, I mean, you just look at the the what they've been able to get out of like top five, top 10 picks. It's just embarrassing. And I, I seriously don't understand how Dave Caldwell is the guy that's being able to survive all of this, because I think he's the biggest problem there along with Doug Marone.
1: Yeah. And just to close it out, um, we are both very, we're both very positive on Gardner Minshew. Like, you know, we, we crack a few jokes here and there and I think what he was able to do last year was actually pretty amazing, especially as a rookie quarterback coming in when... Yeah, um, no one expected him to play. Yeah, absolutely nobody did. And the only reason why he did was because I can't... His name's eluding me right now. Your boy, Philly Special. What's his freaking name? Oh, don't, Nick speak Foles. Don't, don't speak to me. M- that <laughs> don't speak to me. Nick Foles. Because Nick Foles goes down, Gardner minster is thrust into the action, so... You know, I we both like Gardner Minshew. Um, I hope it works out there for McGardner Minshew, and I do like I'm I I do like the players on this team, but they're just not gonna be good. Yeah, they're just so poorly
0: managed, and there's just no faith in that coaching staff or anything like that. So yeah, um, you know we're we're not high in them at all on the Jaguars, even though we do like the roster. Um, right. So we're gonna move ahead to another team that. Uh, Well, this is a team that uh, we're not quite sure what exactly their head coach slash GM slash, um, you know, dictator is doing. And that's Bill O'Brien, a guy (laughs) that I absolutely enjoy speaking of because no one gives me more fodder to just absolutely destroy them than Bill O'Brien. So – where do we begin? I mean, you are a team that has consistently been in the playoffs, so you're, you're already right there. You're maybe a piece or two away, maybe another piece on defense.
1: They're sniffing it. They're always sniffing They are it. so close always. on the cusp
0: every year. They're, every year they're, they're, they're making a run, you know, maybe in the divisional round, uh, maybe an occasional AFC championship experience uh, 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 trip, but they're always, right. you know, a 10-6, 11-5 solid team, right? Right. What do you do? to, you know, help Deshaun Watson, who's right about to get paid for a new contract. Just get rid of the best player on the team. Yeah, not Deshaun <laughs> Watson. And and not even that, because you know what, if DeAndre Hopkins wanted a, a pay raise and they didn't want to give it to him because he's getting up there in age. Okay. I respect that. How do you get rid of DeAndre Hopkins? And what you get back is David Johnson, who has not been good in about three years he has a horrible contract as a running back, and they got a mid-round pick or maybe a second or third-round pick along with that. Uh, one of the worst trades I've ever seen in NFL history. Just terrible value. Made no sense at the time. Um,
1: Bro, if I knew do you that
0: – Then what do you do? You go trade – I believe it was a second-round pick for Brandon Cooks, who is literally a walking concussion. <laughs> this guy – I mean, I watched him for one year in New England. He's not a bad player, but he is not a number-one receiver. Okay, listen to this. Brandon Cooks was a first-round pick by the saints he had like consistently caught a thousand you know posted a thousand yards in his first two or three years he gets traded by the saints who you could probably say have the best head coach and and quarterback combo outside of the patriots right you i I think we could all agree that sean payton and drew Brees, offensively are probably even ahead of where belichick and brady were right so those guys didn't want to deal with you or figure out a way to keep you around then you go to new england you spend one year there they get rid of you Then you go to the Rams, who I would also say Sean McVay and his offensive scheme is probably the most player friendly, maybe outside of Kyle Shanahan, and they get rid of you. So it's like, what is wrong with this guy that he can't stay on a team? You then uh, sign Randall Cobb, who is basically like a five-year-older version of Brandon Cooks. Randall Cobb hasn't been good since like 2014. Um and you add that to a guy with Will Fuller who literally gets injured every single year. I mean, it's just, I, I, I do not understand. They basically have three of the same receivers and all three of them get hurt. Uh, I just don't understand it at all. I, uh, the backfield is a mess. Uh, David Johnson, it, maybe this guy will prove everyone wrong and suddenly be good again, but he was terrible. And he played for Cliff Kingsbury last year, who made, <laughs> who made uh, Kenyon. Drake, Kenyon Drake like a superstar. So like, I mean, you tell me what's going wrong there on the defensive side of the ball. They're basically exactly the same. Um, they're okay. JJ Watt, you know, when he's healthy, he's still a beast. But the defensive line doesn't do anything for me. Whitney Merciless is getting up there, hasn't done much. I mean, I don't see any real big playmakers in the secondary. Maybe Justin Reed. Um, I mean, I just don't like the direction. I I have no hope if you're a Texans fan because Bill O'Brien's power is somehow increasing over the years,
1: even though his decision-making is absolutely atrocious. Right. So – I feel like I start off every podcast saying this. Everything starts with the quarterback. Um, And thank God they have a good one. I don't know for how much longer. I know they're in talks of giving him a new contract. If I'm Deshaun Watson, i pack up shop and I leave right now because, you know, freaking Bill O'Brien has no idea what the hell he's doing. Just look at that Laramie Tunzel contract. And I like Laramie Tunzel. I was pissed when he got traded away. But that contract is amazing. Like for him, it's amazing.
0: And twenty-two million dollars a year for a let for an offensive lineman is just absurd. Yeah,
1: and you know, is Laramie Tunzel a franchise left tackle? Yes, he is. He's not twenty-two million dollars worth, so he's not the
0: best. He's definitely not the best, but he's being paid like it. That's right. the way I look at it.
1: And you lose a first-round pick there, and two first-round picks. <laughs> Yeah, and so like literally,
0: Laramie Tunstall said that when he heard about the, the 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 deal from the Dolphins, that he said I would have traded for me.
1: Like, yeah, I yeah. mean, come dude, on. it was highway robbery, dude. And yeah. you know the the offense did not get better. Like, yeah, you can bring in Kenny Stills, you know, Brandon Cooks, as he said, but where's that number one guy? Like, who's gonna be their number... Stephen Mitchell Jr.? Like, who are you
0: going to in crunch time? Because it sure isn't five foot nine Brandon Cooks. Like,
1: <laughs> like we. We know we know the Brandon Cook story. It's a short little fast receiver that catches a five-yard slant and completely gets nailed. So, you know, that's, that's their offense. Like, I'm sorry, Deshaun Watson. I'm sorry you're going to have to go through this season, and you're still going to dominate because you're a stud. But I don't know how you're going to do it. Um, their defense, I'm actually higher on than you are. Uh, I like a few of their players. I know Whitney Merciless is getting old. Uh, but J.J. Watt is coming back from an injury, and I feel like he's going to be recharged and ready to roll. Ross Blacklock, I like out of, I think it was Texas Christian that they got in the second round. Um, Menardek McKenney, I really like there at middle linebacker. Um, and Zach Cunningham. So I kind of like this defense a little bit. Um, and if I'm thinking optimistically here about Vernon Hargraves, who still has not panned out. Um, he was a, uh, a past first-round pick, so he has to have some kind of talent. Um, but I've, I've made, I've mainly liked their front seven. Um, and I think if you have a front seven, your, your back end will be kind of good. It'll kind of like mask each other out. Um, but that's, that's the Texans man. And I don't, I feel bad for Deshaun Watson because he's one of my favorite quarterbacks. And I know we talked about maybe the Jaguars drafting him. Um, but I don't know how that would have had, I don't know what effects that would have had on Deshaun Watson's career. Um, so I'm kind of happy he's there with the Texans and whatever happened with him to develop has happened. Um, but, you know, at least with the Jaguars, you have positive players, young players to look up to. And, you know, I, I'm i very low on this, this Texans, uh, Houston Texans. So that's that's how I feel about that.
0: Yeah. And that's a shame, because like we said, I mean, they seem like a team that was a like, a you know, if they could have. Swung a, a trade here or there or made a splash signing. I mean, I think they could have put themselves over the top. And I just think that if anything, they took a step back. Um, And that's a shame because this division is, to me, very open. It's uh, open. We, like we, it's like open. we said, it's uh, open. the next team that we're going to talk about could easily win the division. They have won it recently, um, the Indianapolis Colts, a team with a very good head coach in Frank Reich. I think he's one of the top guys in the NFL. Yeah. really like him, respect him good defensive coordinator, Um, you know, overall, just a good coaching staff. They seem, they seem, you know, to be running things well. They've definitely implemented their culture. Um, You know, that post Andrew Luck and and Peyton Manning era, they've moved on from that. Um, They obviously bring in Phillip Rivers who spent his entire career in LA. Uh, For me, I, I, I definitely see the upside of the move because this is a team that like we said, is kind of right there on the cusp and that, you know, this upgrade, from Jacoby Brissett or whoever they were going kind to, of, you know, kind of had there the last couple of years with Andrew Luck retiring um, that gives them yeah. credibility experience. But I personally think Phillip rivers has kind of reached the end of the road. And I think that he's kind of been overrated. Uh, I mean, you really look at like what he did in, and with the chargers, I mean, they really didn't experience much playoff success with him. Um, you know, he throws a lot of picks. He he definitely did not look good last year. I'm, I'm lower on him, but I definitely see the reason why. I mean, that's the perfect team for a guy like him who might have a year or two left um, chasing a Super Bowl ring. It makes a lot of sense. Um, their offensive line is very strong. Love that offensive line. Marlon Mack and Jonathan Taylor, yeah. uh, Naheem Hines, love their backfield. Uh, great mix of talent there. Wide receiver-wise, T.Y. Hilton, it seems like a guy that we really don't talk a lot about. But when you really look at him, he's been he's been incredibly consistent, though, despite all the quarterback changes, really a solid player and
1: um, the injuries yeah, absolutely. and the injuries. Michael
0: Pittman Jr. They took in the second round. I like him. Big body. Definitely different than what they have because, yep. you know, they don't really have a lot of size there. Um. So the offense is solid. You know, Jack Doyle at tight end, solid Trey Burton. You know, he failed to live up to the contract in Chicago, but he did have some success earlier. I think the offense is solid. I don't think it's uh, – I think they're going to probably try and kind of build around that running game a little bit more and try and bully people a little bit more. When you have Quentin Nelson and Ryan Kelly and Anthony Costanzo, three first-round picks playing next to each other, that makes sense. Um, You know, you're probably, you're probably uh, not going to uh, yeah. have Phillip Rivers airing the ball out, you know, 40 times a game anymore. Um, To me, the thing that, uh, you know, is going to make or break this team is is the defense. Now, this is a team that, you know, they have a star, Darius Leonard. They have – a guy in Justin Houston, who was a star, looked solid again last year, kind of resurrecting his career. They they traded for DeForest Buckner right. to upgrade their defensive line. Um, but that secondary has a lot of question marks. Malik Hooker could has been rumored to be on the trade block. Xavier Rhodes, they signed. He was great three or four years ago, but this guy's fallen completely off the map. Um Rocky Sin they took in the second round, solid, but like to me the defense the defense doesn't have a clear blue chip player other than Darius Leonard. And you could say DeForest Buckner as a D tackle. Very, very good. I'm just a little worried that they're a little young on defense and that, and that I don't see a lot of guys that are trending upwards. If you want to say like Malik hooker, I don't think has lived up to it. He could be out Rhodes is, you know, been horrible the last couple of years. Like we said, Um, Justin Houston's definitely near the end of his career. So for me, I think the defense is 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 more of a question mark than anything. And ultimately, I think they will definitely compete for a playoff spot, but I do not see them being a Super Bowl contender.
1: Right. Um, so I'm actually very high on this team. I am I love Chris Ballard and what he's been able to do with this team, especially with getting that bomb dropped on them about losing Andrew Luck. Um, and let's face it, if a lot of teams I mean, I don't want to put Andrew Luck on the the Patrick Mahomes scale or anything, but if the Chiefs leave Patrick Mahomes, I don't know how good they're gonna be able to be. If like higher up Echelon team, if the Ravens lose Lamar Jackson, I don't know how good right. they like right you when know, when the was like, was about to begin,
0: they didn't have time to plan for it. I right, mean, it literally threw off their entire game plan.
1: Yeah, and to so, be to be able to have like. Their record last year is eluding me right now, but it wasn't, like, anything horribly bad. And the players that Chris Ballard's able to draft, like Darius Leonard, like... Um, Quentin Nelson, you know. Uh, Qu- yeah, Quinn Nelson, like, all these players. They're just... Conti- Jonathan right. Taylor, like, we, he doesn't even need to play it down yet. We know he's going to be a great player. Like, even that they have Marlon right. back there, they're able to, like, squick it, It's, like... Everything that, the, that Chris Ballard has drafted, just, it makes sense. Trading a first-round pick, a lot of people don't like it, but they got DeForest Buckner, one of the best ta- defensive tackles in the game. So, you know, like, it, I, I really do like this team. Um, they should be able to run the ball, but unfortunately, I feel like Phillip Rivers goes commando way too many times, and just, let's throw it out here, and you know, I don't know. I like I like the receiving core. I think it's very young, especially with Michael Pyman Jr. and Paris Campbell, who uh didn't really play right. much last year, but has the high pedigree. Um, so I hope that Phillip Rivers kind of kind of dials it down um and does run the ball because I think Jonathan Taylor behind Clyde Edwards Alaire might be and J.K. Dobbins. Like those three are obviously gonna be in my opinion, like really good running backs and I don't know where they're going to stack up against each other, but they're really good players. Um, and they have that line, as you mentioned, that right, so- that left side of that line is kind of like Dallas yep, Cowboys yep. worthy of uh, where you see like Ryan Kelly and you have, you know, obviously Travis Frederick is retiring, but you know, you have Quinn Nelson and you have Anthony Costanzo and those are all really good players. Um, and I really like defensive coordinator, Matt Eberflus, and I do like the addition of Justin Houston. Um, I like Bobby Okariki, obviously, yes. too. Athletic. Um, and Darius Leonard is going to win defensive player of the year. He may win MVP one, like one year in his career, because I, I really think he's that good. Um, and I really like Rocky. Sin. I think he's a real physical corner. Um, so like I look at this roster and I really like it. I really do um obviously i'm not blind to the question marks like xavier rhodes was like like a western film like (laughs) saloon doors like that's all he was and malik hooker obviously has the potential but he's like bob sanders you know we just mentioned that in the last podcast um so i i am really high on this on this colts team i just wonder how they're gonna play uh we both like frank reich so I feel like I have enough confidence in him to make this team run smoothly, um, especially since it's wide open, dude. We just talked about it. Um, the Texans, I feel like we're, we're gonna take step ba- steps back. Um, we just covered the Jacksonville Jaguars, who we don't think are is gonna be good. So it's the the doors open for the Indianapolis Colts, man. It, it is, and I, I really quickly, I just want to fanboy over Chad Kelly. He's like one of my favorite quarterbacks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So I really like this QB room, too. I think Jacoby Jacob, Percette, and Jacob Easton um, too, they took in the fourth
0: round. That's a guy that has talent. Yep. I mean, like you said, I definitely right. They definitely have a strong, you know, they have a four deep uh, at quarterback that I think uh, would rival yep. a lot of teams. You know, maybe not their starters, but their backups literally could all have starting potential.
1: I would love to be a fly in that wall, like on the wall in that quarterback room, because like all four of those quarterbacks, they have yep. personality um and they're all ballers dude in their own separate way like Jacob Beeson has a freaking cannon Chad Kelly I know he had he's had his off the field issues definitely an NFL um, talent though but right but a great NFL talent like super athletic has a rocket arm if you go watch his old miss film he's a great quarterback um just and he needs to prove it and stay like get smart and be good on the field and It'll work out. So, I, I really like the Indianapolis Colts. Um, Chris Ballard, I feel like, is the MVP of Absolutely, this team. absolutely. Uh, and I think that's, that's
0: the thing about this team. Just, is like you just see the tone and the difference of how we speak about them. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that they have, they have it right at, at uh, the GM spot and the head coach. You know, Frank Reich and Chris Ballard yeah. all put up there against anybody in the league. And I'm not, I mean, I'm a Pats fan, so it's, I mean, I don't like the Colts just from all the years of Peyton Manning, but I sure as hell respect the way they built that team and the way they've turned things around after losing. I mean, it's just absolutely incredible when you really think about it. They, they literally had, you know, Peyton Manning who, you know, other than Tom Brady was clearly, I mean, and in some ways Peyton Manning was viewed as a better overall quarterback than Tom Brady for years and years and years. And then since he retired, you know, Brady's won a couple more rings and we kind of, I think that, that, conversation is pretty much done with as far as Peyton versus uh, Brady but when you consider like the nature of how Peyton Manning's career ended and how they had to move on from him and they somehow stumble into the number one pick and they get the best quarterback prospect to come out of the draft in like 20 years and Andrew Luck
1: Manning, you think, Manning. That, you
0: think like. that you're set up like even <laughs> better than the Green Bay Packers were with Farvin Rogers like you literally got the number one pick yeah. at quarterback for like 20 plus years in a row that you think you should dominate and then this guy's misses all this time and then suddenly retires after having a good comeback season. Like, you know, that's a difficult thing for any franchise. And they basically have been able to figure out how to move on twice and still be somewhat competitive. So a lot of that credit has to go to Chris Ballard who helped build that chiefs team. You know, people don't really realize like how much influence he had on bringing in a lot of those guys done a great job there. Frank, Wright, Great job. So, you know, like you said, I think the Colts are trending in the right direction to me. It comes down to Phillip rivers and their defense. Uh, and like you said, it's an yep. open division and the team that I think they're, that is the favorite. But, uh, again, there's, there's issues with all these teams. I don't think any of the AFC South teams right. are, are locks for anything. I think they could all be 8-8 eight and eight and the winner could be a 9-7 team. And that's the defending you know, right. AFC South champions, the, the, the guys that put up a decent fight against the Chiefs in the AFC championship before falling, and that's the Tennessee Titans. Um, another very solid head coach in Mike Rabel, a good GM, uh, you know, right. Arthur Smith. Uh, whose father happens to be the FedEx founder, uh, Fred Smith, and that has a whole other thing to do with you know the Washington football team and that whole issue. He actually put together a, quite a, an impressive offensive attack last year. Um, as we all know, as you know, as your brother knows, as Miami Dolphins fans know, Ryan Tannehill experienced the greatest comeback of any NFL quarterback I've ever seen in one comeback player of the year. Uh, earned got a huge contract this offseason, basically from – you know, a little over half a season of just, you know, transforming that offense into – it was something, to, you know, unique because, you know, my Patriots fell to them in the AFC, uh, I believe is the divisional round. And they're, they can be a tough offense to contend with if everything is clicking. You know, Tannehill has mobility. Derrick Henry, late in game, yeah, no one wants to tackle <laughs> that dude. Um, they
1: Bro, have athletic nobody, tight ends.
0: Johnny Smith <laughs> is a very athletic tight end. Um A.J. Brown I think is going to be – I think he's going to be an absolute stud. I think he's going to be an all pro possibly this season. Um, I think he's an absolute beast. The rest of their team, the rest of the offense, I'm not like thoroughly impressed by anyone else. I don't think any, you know, I don't really, I ch- honestly think that uh, the Colts have a better offense than them, uh, better personnel. Uh, I could even make the argument the Texans might have better personnel. But um, the thing that about this team is that they're very disciplined. Mike Vrabels obviously has a great background coming from, you know, playing for Bill Belichick, coaching with Urban Meyer. Um, I believe he also coached with the Texans, you know, somehow he's way better than Bill O'Brien. I think that they're a very well coached (laughs) team, very well run, very solid across the board. You know, they're a team that has like, just they don't have a ton of holes, but I don't think they have a ton of stars, you know, defensively. They're they're expecting big things from Jeffrey Simmons, who they took in the first round. He looked good uh, once he got healthy and got on the field. But to me, the main yep. issue I see is
1: a just lack of star, lack of star power, power. Like, like where is of the hair. star
0: power on defense? I mean, I do not see a pass. Harold Landry is okay. Like he's a decent pass rusher. Uh, Rashawn Evans mm-hmm. didn't hasn't really become a superstar uh, after they took him in the first round a couple years ago. Um, I Like, you know, Malcolm Butler, to me, I mean, I'm a Pats fan. He has been a huge disappointment in Tennessee. He has not lived up to that contract. Um, Adoree Jackson is not really a dominant corner at all. Uh, Kenny Vaccaro and Kevin Bayard are a solid safety duo. But, like, I just don't see any of the blue-chip talent on defense. Um, I don't see a ton of blue-chip talent on offense other than Derrick Henry and A.J. Brown. So this is a team that I think um, it's very interesting to see if – they can replicate the success they had last year because it seemed that basically Derrick Henry carried them. Ryan Tannehill kind of played out of his mind, didn't make mistakes. And, you know, that was good enough to get them all the way to the AFC championship. But um, I didn't see a team that really made a ton of uh, impactful moves. Their first round pick was a right tackle who might not even start this season. Um, Their second round pick was a corner who, you know, will probably be a third or fourth guy they didn't really add any weapons on offense. Like we said, they brought back basically the same group. Uh, they didn't draft any weapons really. They, uh, you know, other than a third round running back, they didn't add really anything to that receiver group. And Corey Davis is a, a guy that's really disappointed to me. Uh, Adam Humphreys hasn't even really lived up to his deal. So, uh, I've kind of talked myself out of the Titans now that I'm looking further. Um, the thing is that they just let real, me real let me talk you coach. back into it. They them. have a good solid coach, and t- they don't make a lot of mistakes. I mean, that's the best thing you can say.
1: Yeah. So, here, here here's how you look at the Tennessee Titans. Um, you know, I feel like the only player driven sport kind of is like the NBA. So, right. this team does not have that superstar player, but the way that Mike Vrabel. And the players that John Robinson, the GM of these Tennessee Titans, they're all certified badasses yep. on the yep. field, so they all play super fucking physical. Obviously, you're gonna play that way when you have Derrick Henry, and you know, say what you want with Taylor Lewan, that guy is fucking insane. So they're able to bring Roger Saffold over, who I think is a pretty good left guard. He is getting yeah, up he's knees, very solid, I think he's pretty yeah, good, very solid, right. And I think the same thing with Ben Jones. But th- that's just their mentality, dude. Their mentality is they're going to grind you down. And I feel like with the today's mindset of NFL players, players don't want to be in the – they don't want to be in the box. I saw it with my – like, with my Dolphins last year. Um, Minka Fitzpatrick, like, they brought him into the box and he went bitching to his mom <laughs> and his mom went to the press about it. And then he gets traded to the – like, he does not want to deal with getting in the A-man box. Nobody does. And try to block or like fend off Taylor Lewan. And oh yeah, here's 6'3, 280 and like 80 pound Derrick Henry running at your face. And they just don't want to do that. And I I actually kind of disagree with you on their defense. I think Adore Jackson um does make a few bonehead plays, but like, he's a really good special teams player that returns a lot of kicks. Uh, Malcolm Butler, obviously, no one knows more about Malcolm Butler than a Patriots fan. Uh, but he still has that Except potential. we just don't I know like why the- he didn't play in the Super Bowl. <laughs> right. Whether <Well>, <laughs> I don't – like, I will never understand. I will never understand that. And, uh, you know, it is what it is. At this yeah, point and I when guys. you're talking about, like, the um, physicality
0: of that team and, you know – knowing their identity look at I'm, I'm just looking at the box score from uh you know their playoff defeat last season with the patriots and the titans they they won 20 to 13 yeah um ryan Tannehill. i don't ryan, think ryan
1: Tannehill broke
0: through 15 passes he completed eight of them for 72 yards a touchdown and a pick so the, the it's Patri- insane. Andy, andy fumbled twice the patriots defense literally uh, erased the passing game And Derrick Henry still ran for 182 yards on 34 carries. I mean, he dominated the second half. They're a team that knows exactly who they are. And like you said, um, you know, they were physical on defense. Tom Brady had no time. His receivers were bottled up. So, like you said, like, they have an identity, and that's what I really respect about them is that they play to that identity and they live up to it, just like the Chiefs. They know that they are not, like, this defensive juggernaut, like, slow the game down. They just try and open up the game no. as fast as possible and score, yeah. score, score. The, the Titans are, to me, are like the complete opposite. They want to
1: – The complete they opposite. Yep, you exactly they want to grind you down. They want to
0: run the ball. <laughs> they want to play hard nose defense. They want to stop the run. They want to uh, assert their will. And then they can open it up with, with play action, you know, which is where Ryan Tannehill shines with a guy like A.J. Brown. Um, so, like yep. you said, I think that they have an identity. My question is whether that identity can, can win in this NFL today. Like, I don't see – how they will ever beat the chiefs
1: with, with the roster or the game plan that they have. That's just my opinion. Yeah. Um, and I wish, I wish we were doing this podcast like, like three or four years ago, because like it's kind of moot, but I'm going to say it anyways, just so I can get it out there. I always thought a player like Ryan Tannehill could win. Like, but again, my thing is you need to build a team around a quarterback. You can't just look at a quarterback and say, oh, he's good, he's going to make the Super Bowl. Look at Aaron Rodgers. I know you don't want to look at, I know you do not like Aaron Rodgers, but when a team does not build around their quarterback, that's what you get. And when you see these Titans, and they, all they do, all they do is get, they get Marcus Mariota hurt, and then just plug in Ryan Tannehill. They knew Marcus Mariota was going to get hurt, by the way. There's no, there's no doubt in my mind. And so they brought in Ryan Tannehill to back him up, and Tannehill's able to do what he's doing. And once if you run your offense tailored to how your best players like play, you're gonna have a good team, and that's what you see with the Tennessee Titans. Don't look for star player, don't look for star players on this team. You're not gonna find one other than Derrick Henry. And but AJ Brown the way I'm that that guy
0: I mean I'm so upset. I, mean, I am so I upset that the Patriots took the kill Harry over him. I really am. That yeah. guy would have been a monster
1: yeah aj aj i agree with you and aj brown aj brown's gonna really turn some heads this year and i you know i I feel the same way with adam humphries i don't think he had a great year last year but i think he was hurt too i like, think I, yeah, saw... he only
0: played 12 games so he missed some time but like dude look at aj right. brown's like stat line like the dude literally averaged he had a thousand yards and he averaged 20 20 yards per catch like
1: the dude was a beast i mean yeah. i, I love yeah him. and he was a, a rookie, rookie dude he was yeah. a rookie so that's that's kind of what you have to do with these Tennessee tie and because as we said, this division is so wide open, it's going to be fun to see them battle it out with the Indianapolis Colts.
0: Yep. So um, now that we've covered all four of them, uh, I think we're going to go through um, our our predictions/slash rankings or wh- whatever you want to call it. And this is a tough one, honestly, because like we said, like it could go a number of ways. I obviously think the Jaguars are the la- are going to finish in last. They have the least amount of upside. They have the most holes. They have the worst coaching. They have the worst management. Um, I think that, I think I'm honestly going to put, this is tough. This is a tough one. I think I'm going to, I think (laughs) I'm going to honestly put the Texans in third because I think that they're going to take a significant step back with the receivers. And I think that it's almost a guarantee that at least one of their starting receivers is going to get injured, possibly more. And I'm not wishing an injury on someone, but when you look at the history of like, the durability issues for Brandon cooks and Will Fuller and uh, Randall Cobb. I think you're just playing with fire at this point.
1: And what they're going to, yeah, they're going to have to put Duke Johnson out of the slot receiver and make him a full, right. And
0: then that that means you got to put David Johnson uh, in the backfield and we know ask Cardinals fans how that's gone the last few years. So I'm putting the Texans in third um, and I'm going to go with the Colts in second. And I think the Titans are going to win the division this year. Um, just because I think that they are the the best coached all around and the most solid. But I could definitely see the Titans and Colts kind of competing for a spot. But ultimately, uh, if we want to look at it, you know, overall from the, the entire AFC picture, I really only see one playoff team coming out of this division, and I think it's going to be the Titans. I think the Colts and Texans yeah. are going to be in that, like, 9-7-ish and type of range. But I think they could also finish, you know, 7-9. and nine. They're going to be in that window. I don't see any of those teams really, like – standing out where, you know, you look at the, the AFC East that we've covered, for example, I think, you know, now that the Patriots have lost some guys, but before that, I think we both could say that the bills and Patriots seemed like they were probably playoff locks. I think we could agree on that. And we both discussed that the the dolphins absolutely could be competing for a wild card spot. I don't see the AFC South being nearly as strong as that. I see sort of like two, I kind of see it as like uh, the Jaguars at, at the bottom. I see two mediocre-ish to decent teams and then maybe one decent to good team. That's kind of how I see it.
1: Right. So, you know, like I said at the beginning when we were coming the Jaguars, I really, really, really like their players on that team. Um, So, like, it's it's sad for me to put them below, like, at the bottom, at the basement, but that's just where they are. Now Um, you're saying, basically, if you had to rank the four teams in terms of,
0: like, roster talent, I don't think the Jaguars are last. I actually would probably – Oh, yeah. hell no. Yeah.
1: Hell no. If 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 I give this team Frank Wright or if I give them – um, yeah. Mike Vrabel. Yeah. Mike Vrabel, this team – Oh, if I gave them Mike Vrabel, these guys are badasses, yeah. dude. With the ability to run the ball with Leonard Fournette. That defense. Um, the line yeah. that we told you about, the defense is unbelievable, like, in terms of the players that they have. So, if they got Mike Vrabel, it would be a wrap, But they don't. They have Doug Marone, so I'm gonna pump the brakes there. So Jaguars at four, unfortunately. Um I feel like this is the year that we can all shoot on the Houston Texans. So there they go. They're at three. Um let's see. Now now where do I go? Um the more I look at this Indianapolis roster, I really, really like it. And the only thing if they're able to not throw as much with Phillip Rivers yes. they're they're coming out of this division. If they're going to play ground and pound, they're coming out. Unfortunately, I don't think they're going to because I've never seen that from Phillip Rivers. So I'm going to go with them at at two, and I'm going to put the Tennessee Titans there at number one just because of the mindset that the Tennessee Titans have. And I love that mindset, especially in football where we're coming out of a generation of, like, players that don't want to play so physical. And you're going to see that now, too. Dude, we have no preseason games this year, guys. So, wh- are they going to be able to, like, they're going to run ground and pound. We know that. They're going to do, like, like pow- all these powers and, counter- and that's it. And that's all they're going to run. So, they're not going to have as many penalties as you see the Indianapolis Colts may have because Phillip Rivers wants to throw the ball. So, you know, we may be splitting hairs here, and I'm totally, like, forecasting shit, but... I have Tennessee at number one and I have Colts at number two. Wow. So we actually agree on that. And like we said, uh,
0: kind of a division where you can see things playing out differently, but ultimately I think we both agree that, um, you know, really none of these teams are dominant. I think, you know, the, the difference in this division, a lot, it, it, I think more so than any of the others is that the leadership or lack of you know, from the head coach and general manager being on the same page and all that. I think this is a division right. where you see very, very clear differences. You have the Colts with Frank Reich and Chris Ballard. You have the the Titans with Mike Vrabel and John Robinson, who are clearly putting together rosters with a very, very clear, you know, identity in mind, which I really respect and love. And I just have right. to say, please don't, you know, hate on me for it. At least in the case of the, the Titans, Um, And we're seeing it kind of elsewhere. These are guys that came from the Bill Belichick school. I think you can agree with Brian Flores the way that he's done it. A lot of those Patriots principles building through the secondary, building the defensive front in the offensive line, then figuring out kind of quarterback. You know, they have a very clear direction as far as like being a physical team, building their defense. so I think that's where you see the difference. Then you go to the, the to the Texans, where literally Bill O'Brien has has become the jet general manager, and he's the head coach. He literally like basically got the GM fired and has taken over that entire organization. Um, and they obviously have. You know, you don't know what's going to happen from one day to the next. And like you said, I don't know why Deshaun Watson will want to hitch his wagon to Bill O'Brien. I would honestly, if I was him, I'd try and make it to free agency and just sign with whatever team I think I can win a Super Bowl with. And you know that there's literally no price tag that a team won't be willing to pay if Deshaun Watson was available. Um, And then obviously, like we mentioned, the Jaguars, the same GM who has literally blown first-round pick after first-round pick, has mismanaged the Blake Bortles situation, you know, stuck with him for too long. Um, made a huge mistake with Leonard Fournette, um, traded away all the team's young, good defensive stars because the team culture was not good. Um, You know, they had issues with contracts. And then you still have the same coach who basically, since losing the AFC Championship, you know, two years ago, three years ago, has done nothing to really secure his job. So you see the difference between a team that has a clear identity and a, a head coach and a GM on the same page and what happens when you don't. And that's going to be the difference, I think, this year in this division. Um, so, once again, you know, we we really appreciate you guys tuning in to us uh, here at Tackles and Turnovers. Um, you know, Andrew and I are just having a great time talking about football, looking at the, you know, upcoming season. Um, you know, please – let us know what you guys think about the podcast. Let us know what you think about our AFC South rankings. And, um, you know, are we missing out someone? Um, did we rip someone too bad? Don't call me about Bill O'Brien because I will continue ripping him until the end of time. Are
1: we done with the divisions, by the way, we have one more, divisions. we
0: have one more left and that's the AFC North. So, okay. We will right. be uh, putting, that'll be a good one. That is definitely going to be, a good, gonna be a good one. I, I think that's honestly a very exciting division to talk about. Um, A lot of interesting players, a lot of star power in that division. Um, You know, Will the Browns finally live up to the hype? Is Big Ben going to make a huge comeback after, like, tearing three ligaments in his elbow? Is Lamar Jackson <laughs> going to be able to, you know, replicate the success he had last year when he broke out as the MVP? And then, of course, you have the Bengals with um, Joe Burrow taking over. Uh, I, think they're yeah, sne- I think they're a very sneaky team to uh, make, make a big push this year. I think when you look at their roster, and um, I just love Joe Burrow. So we're going to have that for you guys next week. The AFC North podcast, that'll wrap it up. And then uh, we will be be, uh, covering the season as it's going on, talking about trades, you know, what's happening in training camp. And uh, we really appreciate you guys listening. So from Andrew and I, Tackles and Turnovers, thanks for tuning in. And we look forward to talking to you guys next week.
1: Peace out, guys. Free Deshaun.